everybody, and welcome back to Don't Quit Your Day Job. My name is Paul. I am your host, as is every time. Today, from the punk rock supergroup, and we'll, we'll explore what supergroup means, but um, I have Matt Morris, the drummer from Fire Sale on the show. Matt, thanks so much for, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm the least coolest of the members, so I'm sorry you got stuck with me. <laughs> that's that's cool so and i did i did want to ask it's not i guess it's not usual for the drummer to to be tasked with being the face of the band um but are you guys just splitting up your interviews or are you you know how are you handling your this round yeah yeah chris swinney basically sent an email and and to all of us and was like hey can you do this can you do this and and i think there was a, just a whole bunch of them all at once and okay. you know he and matt just couldn't handle everything so i'm not the face of the band but um <laughs> you know but as far as doing these interviews right. I've, I've done one other and uh it's it's kind of odd because usually it's the singer songwriter right. or maybe like you know in this in our case maybe matt riddle would be doing the, the bulk yeah. of them because he's he's the one that everyone knows <laughs> right right and so is pedro so, pedro's the singer is he doing any of the interviews it, Yes, Pedro's a singer. He's he did one the other day. Okay. Um, I actually listened to it. It's on um, how it's on. It's one of the podcasts. I can't remember what it is. All good. Yeah. Um, cool. But it's really great. Really great. Cool. Well, I am happy to be talking to you, Matt. Uh, <laughs> Thank so, you. <laughs> so thanks for for coming on the show. I've I've lots of things to ask about, but let's talk about the the sort of maybe joke maybe not joke of supergroup so of course <laughs> this this term you know when you think when i think of supergroup because i'm an older guy uh, you think of all these bands from the 70s and 80s you know when jimmy page gets together with whatever you know that becomes the supergroup and right. for punk rock i think people who love punk rock know who all of you guys are but no, let's say normal people air quotes normal people don't know what a punk rock supergroup is, right? So, so is that <laughs> like how does that how does that tag feel for you being in the band? It doesn't do much for me because I'm not I'm not really part of that supergroup. I I the things I've done, I you know I've done lots of touring and I've done lots of music and lots of albums, but they're things nobody knows about. Right. I've never been in a big band like the Ataris, like Chris and, and no use for a name face to face like Matt and, and uh, all of Pedro's bands. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been the, the doing it. I just haven't been on the same scale as those guys. Right. So whenever I hear supergroup, I think basically <laughs> of those guys and particularly Chris and Matt. Right. Right. <laughs> so, cause every interview is like punk rock super group, you know, it's like Matt Riddle, Chris Swinney, Pedro, Ada, Ada. Ada? I'm sorry, yeah. Pedro. Yeah, Ada. It's Ada. And I then, think. well, it says all their bands and then it's like, and Matt Morris. <laughs> and that is exactly the point I wanted to make. And Matt Morris. And so, yeah. <laughs> Does that, I mean, obviously you, you know, these guys and, and you're, you're part of the collective. Um, but does, does that feel weird at all to you? Um, I've, I've interviewed guys where sometimes they talk about imposter syndrome and, and things like that, where they don't feel quite part of the, the collective, you know, certainly I don't get that sense from you in the five minutes we've been talking, but do you ever think about that sort of stuff? No, not for, 
Maybe a little bit. I wouldn't say imposter syndrome. I, I do feel that way in other things. Like I do photography. I, I own a dog training business. Um, but music, I've been doing it the longest mm-hmm. and I feel the most comfortable doing it. Now, there are some things, there are some songs that are maybe a little too quick for my taste that I have a, a harder time doing that maybe someone in one of their other bands was good at. And yeah. I'm like, guys, I, I you know, I'm not... I'm not as good as some of these guys you played with. And, but you know, um, we have a text thread and we've met before and played a show. And those guys are like my family now they're mm-hmm. they're That's how they treat me. And we treat each other like family. And if someone was, doesn't want to do something, we don't do it. If right. you know, right. it, it's, it's very evenly distributed. Um, everyone has an idea. Everyone, can submit their own ideas. They give me pretty much free reign on drums. Um, but I, you know, I think I've been, like I said, I've been doing this long enough and I've been playing and, you know, lots of bands. I don't really feel too, too much like an imposter, Right. but as far as like the names, you know, and the pedigree <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. 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 Well, that's cool. So then uh, how did you guys get together? Because you're in Texas. Pedro's in Virginia, I think. The other guys, are, you know, uh, Matt's probably out in L.A. or something. But how he's did in, you guys... He's in California somewhere. Yeah. So how did you guys get <clears throat> together? Well, I, I'd say it's been a year, maybe a little over a year now. I can't remember exactly. But um, I'm in a, a cover band, a Descendants All cover band called Just Like Them. And my cousin Brad plays in the band. He, he, we started out with him singing and then we're like, let's get, you know, some more popular singers to join us. And it kind of grew from okay, there. Cool. And we would have guest guitarists, like if there was a solo or something in the song. Um, and, and Brad, my cousin Brad said, um, you know, what about Chris Swinney? Or he and, he and Chris had been talking to each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we got on a group chat with Chris and we started talking and I I think we just kind of realized we just liked each other, you know, (laughs) like we just had a lot in common and Chris and I just kept talking and, and I, and, you know, Brad and and Chris kept talking, but, um, Chris, you know, he, he started fire cell. I don't know exactly when he started it. Um, but he, he had kind of come to me and said, you know, I'm starting this thing. You, you, are you interested? We've got some other drummers that are kind of trying out, but some of them weren't, weren't really working out. And I was like, yeah, man, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm bored. Yeah. I work from home. I've got a little studio and I've always got my drums mic'd up. So if you need anything, let me know. And so he sent me a couple demos and, and I put some drums to him and he really liked it. And, and, uh, he said, you know, you're our guy. So, cool. uh, Cool. I guess they got together and talked and, and they decided that they want me to play. And then after that, we just kind of gelled and, you know, like I said, we're like family and we started recording more songs together. And then we put out this, this, uh, EP two song EP, mm-hmm. uh, recently and shot a video. So it just, it kind of happened very quickly. <laughs> so what's the purpose with this band? It, maybe just from your perspective. So you mentioned, you know, you do day job stuff, uh, ostensibly to make money and, and, and survive and you play in, in other bands. What's, what's the point of fire sale for you? Oh, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> the most important thing for sure. Yeah. Right on. It's fun. Yeah. There's no pressure. Um, you know, like I said, 
we're like a family and we, we split everything evenly. Um, you know, we're all kind of in the same position, you know, we all have families and kids Mm and, and, and responsibilities and we have a love for music. And luckily we live in today's world where you can do stuff remotely and it's very simple, uh, to do. So, um, you know, to me, this project is, is an outlet, a creative outlet, um, a chance to work with people that are extremely talented and, you know, put music out and potentially play some shows. And, and what's cool about it is, you know, it's not like, okay, we're going to go tour for six months. It's like, right. you know, if some festivals pop up that we can get on, we'll go fly out and play the festival and come home. And, right. and maybe, you know, in another month or two, we'll play another one. And, and maybe we'll do like a, a little Texas tour, you know, four shows, and then we'll go back home. So there's not a lot of pressure at all. And, and I, th- I think with a lot of bands, there's just so much pressure, so much pressure and you get sick of each other and you're always together. That's not going to happen with this. Right, right. So to me, it's, it's, it's very fun and, and a nice creative outlet for me. It's a very modern approach to, <clears throat> excuse me, making music right now. You guys, very. you're all separate and you're getting together and you're recording um, your, your parts separately. And then it, or, or did you actually get together for it? Let's talk about, um, the, the two song thing that's happening right now, fool's errand and we dance for sorrow. Were you guys in a room together for that? Or did you contribute your track separately? I wish we were, we were not. No. Um, basically what Chris sent me was guitar, bass, vocals, and a program drum track. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at first he's like, I want you to do every single thing that I have programmed on here. And, and most of it was good. He's like, I'm not a drummer really, but most of it worked. It sounded great. Um, there were a few things that I was like, yeah, this, this might work. It's not, you know, because when you program stuff and you're not actually playing it, it's, it's easy to do things that don't really work uh, when you, when you actually sit down at a drum kit. But I mean, it was pretty dang close. And so, um, I sat down and, learned all the songs and I, you know, played along to it, recorded in my studio and sent him, you know, Hey, what do you, what do you think of this? And, and then we would all get on like a, a zoom or, or a FaceTime and, mm-hmm. and say, you know, what if you did this here instead, you know, at the one twenty mark do this fill or whatever. And so I would just write it down on a notepad right. and I would study it and listen and, 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 uh, or punch it in or whatever. And until we got what we wanted. Right. Right. So, you know, we were just sending files back and forth, basically. Again, very <laughs> modern. And the, the single thing is also sort of a modern thing. Um, there are lots of bands now who are avoiding putting out a full length. You know, a lot of the argument is, well, people just aren't listening to full lengths at this point. You know, people just want to hear one or two songs at a time. Have you guys right. talked about that as as a band, as an objective in, in putting out new music? Yeah, Chris is kind of the brains behind all this. He's the one that gets all the interviews. He, he He's the one that's he's very driven and he um, he kind of makes most of the decisions for the band, which are mm-hmm. great. He and Matt, I think, get together and kind of talk. And he, Chris and I talk, too. But you know, I, I think, I think Chris really likes this format or Chris and Matt really like, I, I like it too. And I think Pedro likes it as well. Putting out a couple songs at a time instead of full albums, because 
you know, in our position, it's, it's easier to do that. Right. Um, because we can't get together easily and just crank out a full album, but it's easy for us to write, do a song or two at a time. And, and as soon as people start losing interest, here we go. Here's another two songs, uh, for you, you know, um, and then we could put them all together, you know, later on something, I, I think, um, I, I like that approach. It's different because, you know, I'm, I'm in my, my forties and, and, you know, I was doing full albums and stuff in the nineties and two thousands and stuff. And we got together. That's how you did it. You were in a room together, whether you tracked live or, or separately and you did a full album and, and you wrote it to where it flows, you know, like this song works really great right. going into this song and such. There's not really that going on anymore. So it's, it definitely has evolved um, like you keep saying more modern and you're right. It is. And not that we can't, I mean, you know, <laughs> present day is always going to be modern, right? Right. hundred <laughs> percent true. <laughs> but, but it's just the way that works. And, and I think COVID was, you know, obviously right. the biggest factor in all this, it was just hard to get together. And I started doing this before fire cell. So I was already used to this format. So, so it wasn't like anything I had to like relearn or get used to. It just kind of, it was like, okay, let's do it. You know? But yeah, I think, I think Chris likes that two song format, you know, every six months or so release right. something and do a video or whatever. Cool. I, I do want to talk about the video, uh, some of the details behind it, but I want to <laughs> use the video to jump into the sound of the music. Right. So if it, you know, when I listen to it, I got strong mid 2000s or early 2010 vibes from it in in the very best way possible. Um, again, with with modern production and all of that. But at the end of the video, uh, the 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 guy who you're trying to pitch to says, "Yeah, it's not for me. It's a little too poppy." So I mean, how close to home? How close to home does that hit? Is that how you guys think about it? Well, the guy is my cousin, Brad. Uh, he, he's the one that got me and Chris okay. up together. So yeah, he cool. came out to, to good records in Dallas and, and he was the patron. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out how to answer that question. Ask, ask me that one more time. Ask me the last part of it one more time. Right. So the, the music to me has a strong sort of mid 2000s, early 2010s right. vibe. Right. And, okay. and I yes. think like that punk rock style, um, I don't really want to say West Coast, but it has like that sort of skate punk right. sort of style. Um, sure. And when you release music what are you going for? Do you get pushback that this is a little too poppy and, you know, I'm not digging it or, you know, it's not rancid or it's not sort of rough around the edges. Oh, I got you. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So, you know, we, we definitely draw from all of our influences. I, I know Matt Riddle is in a metal. Um, Swinney is, uh, I, I, I think he's just kind of into to a lot of things, Pedro the same and, and me the same. I'm sure Matt likes a lot of other things other than metal, but I know that's one of his. He's his, wearing a metal shirt in the video for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's one of his his uh, main influences, metal. Um, and and you know, Chris likes face to face and and all those Fat Records yeah. bands, and so do I. Um, I like I like you know I was raised on country music and classic rock and 
I think one of my favorite bands is they might be giants. So it's very strange. That's cool. You know, like (laughs) a very different feel from, from what we're doing. But, um, I, I, I think, so I've heard a lot of the other songs that either haven't been released, just, just some of the demos Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are, are, there's some that are kind of dark, you know, like there's very kind of like those darker chords Mm -hmm. and, um, um, and, and some of them, the, the, you know, the music is kind of poppy, but the lyrics are very dark Yeah, stuff that nobody's heard yet that we recorded two other songs. And one of the songs is very fast, like kind of fat records, you know, that Gallup drum beat, yeah. but the lyrics are extremely sad, um, which is my favorite, you know, the happy to be sad, happy yeah. to be sad yeah. lyrics. Yeah. My, my band 41 gorgeous blocks that I've been in for the last 25 years, that's basically every song. It's happy <laughs> music with extremely depressing lyrics. So I, you know, we're not writing like bubblegum pop kind of stuff. You know, it may sound poppy, but I think the lyrics are Pedro is such a good lyricist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. learning. So um, when I dive into the lyrics, it's really great. So I, I don't think we're going to get stuck with that because we have so much variety Okay. And cool. so, so many influences that are a little bit maybe darker or more metal or, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I, I think we'll be okay. I don't think we'll be pigeonholed. I guess, I guess I should say. So let's talk about the video for a moment. So your, your cousin Brad is in it. He's the patron. So the, the setup for people, <laughs> and I'll drop the links because it's a really good video. People should check it Thank out. Thank you. Um, record store guy says, holds up your record and says, Hey, what is this? And then the owner basically has you guys go up on stage and play for the for the patron. And by the end of the video, you're all in his face and he's very uncomfortable and is definitely not digging it. Um, so the concept is genius because it's a concept video, but you get to play and not mime or act or, or whatever. Um, right. And, and Brad perhaps has missed his calling because his facial expressions are really I good know. in the video. <laughs> Brad is a very multi-talented guy. Like my, my two cousins, Tanner Leeser, Brad Edwards, extremely talented. And, uh, and then there's me, <laughs> but no, you're right. I, I have heard that comment about Brad before. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he is a extremely good, everything he does, he's good at. He's really selling it, but who came up with the concept of the video? First of all, um, Chris, when he, he wrote the treatment, I believe okay. that's what I was told. And, and my friend, Joe Harris, he, um, he does video editing, uh, commercials and all that. He, he shot the video and I think he, I think he and Chris kind of, um, came up with the final, uh, version of the video together. So, um, Joe is one of those extremely talented guys too, that I grew up with. And, um, so yeah, they, they, they put it together and, and came up with that concept. And, and, you know, we, we had a very limited amount of time to shoot. <laughs> and so the simplicity of it really helped. Yeah. I mean, there, there was nothing complicated about the video at all. I think we did it in like, you know, five hours or something like that, four or five hours. Right. <laughs> and that was setting up and, and, and getting donuts across the street and all that. So Talking about the video or watching the video, I'm struck with how professional it is. And one of the things I talk about a lot on this show is barriers to entry. Everybody can make music and put out music and put it on Spotify and put it on YouTube. So the barriers for entry are quite low. 
But sometimes that means things just aren't very good. Um, but they take up space. They take up attention for people that maybe fire sale or you want to get in front of, right? So mm-hmm. how important is this idea of being just a little bit more professional or in your case, the case of fire sale, a lot more professional when you're putting out product, right? The, do right. You, are you deciding, no, this just isn't good enough. We have to be better. You, so how, how do you approach those things? Um, I, 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 we haven't really discussed, you're, you're talking about standing out from everything else, right? Yeah. Cause everybody like, can like, do it now. So what makes, how do you get above that with, is it just the idea of you guys just being better musicians and more professional with your approach? Is it as simple as that? It, it could be, um, you know, I, I don't like, I don't like saying I'm better than anyone. I, I, <laughs> I shy away from that. Yeah, that's fair. As much as possible. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not the type. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, the, the quality of musicianship and the, the, I, I think it's the songwriting and the lyrics. I think it's Chris, Chris and Matt write really great songs mm-hmm. and Pedro's lyrics are just amazing. So, um, and, and we've all been doing it so long that we understand, you know, to make it sound good, it's got to sound, you know, to make it sound pleasing, I guess, or to stand out, mm-hmm. it has to be tight. There's some rules you got to follow when you're when you're playing in a band together. Um, you know, bass and drums have to be tight and locked in. So Matt and I are extremely um, anal about, you know, especially you know, like little maybe little jumps or or something that that kick drum has to hit with his bass. You know, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want it to sound sloppy at all. And and when you get it right initially, you don't have to do all this stuff later in post, you know, and, and muck it up and make it muddy, you know, muddy it up and everything. It just, it's just going to sound good. And I think just all of the years of us playing and, and, and Matt being such a good solid bass player and me being in a band for the last 25 years that we really focused on those little nitpicky things. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that, makes us stand out a little bit more because the the way we play or it's just it's very tight and we want to do it right and um and you know obviously getting it mixed and mastered at the blasting room helps right, right. for sure that, <laughs> um, that helps yeah yeah and then, and then the video looks great because my friend joe did it and he's just awesome and he's been doing it for years and years and a lot of my friends are in that kind of line of work and so um it's really cool. So we had some access. We, we use Texas. My house is like a central hub because I have friends that do everything. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so the quality of the video was really great because we, we have a really, I have a really good friend who, um, who produced it, you know, shot it and, and edited it and everything like that. So, um, sometimes when you know people, you know, you can get, really good quality stuff instead of just shooting it on an iPhone in a little room. Right. And the idea there, at least the the takeaway for me in hearing you describe that is try to get the best person you can for the particular task. So I definitely could shoot a video for my band. Right. But Mm -hmm. it's going to be way better if I get someone who does video. Right. 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 Exactly. Well, you know, it's like when a band puts out a song, you know, and they don't have anyone producing it. You know, a producer will make it sound 10 times better. Right. 
we don't really have that, but I think maybe our, our years playing music, we just kind of naturally are producers. But when you have these younger bands, like you say, anyone that can record, they don't have it. They don't have the, the years. They don't have the hours and the practices and the touring and, and, um, and learning all that technical stuff to stand out. Right. You know, but with us, we're older and we we have the ability to kind of naturally do that. And so we're a little bit ahead of the curve, I guess you could say, in that sense. So it's and we're not like trying to we don't have anything to prove or anything like that. But I think naturally, just because we have all the years, it, it just sounds good and stands out. Right. And that now brings me back to the songs, because the songs are really good, even though there's not that many officially released the the songs are really good and and now i wonder is it easy just to crank them out for you guys are you always writing good songs are there bad ones somewhere in the archives for fire sale not that i've heard so um what's cool about having all this time is like i said earlier there's no pressure Mm -hmm. so you know bands would go in the studio and then they would maybe have one or two hits or whatever singles and they'd run out of time and money and that's what it was. And you wrote those songs for however many years until you had to write another album with this, you know, and and Chris and Matt are such proficient writers Mm -hmm. and Pedro seems to just kind of come up with lyrics extremely easily. Um, By the time it gets to me, it's pretty much done. I just have to put my drums in and then we're done. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought here. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's because you're you're a professional. We, what we were talking about uh, was how the, <laughs> the, the ease of ease of the songs. Right? Are there bad right, songs right. in the fire cell catalog? Right. <laughs> Sorry about that. So we have we have the time to pick and choose, and you know we've got all these like great songs just sitting there mm-hmm. waiting to get finished. And we can go, you know, these two really pair well with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this this kind of mid-tempo-y one with the really fast one or this kind of slower one with the mid-tempo-y right. one. Right. And um, and we can kind of pick and choose from the the list of all these songs that they de- they've already demoed. Like they, they demoed a lot of these songs before I joined. And, um, you know, so I'm more of a... Uh, I, I'm more comfortable playing drums like mid-tempo, um, semi-fast. But then when you get into like the no effects beats, it's much little harder for me. So I think <laughs> I think the writing style is going to change a little bit just because of me in, in a little bit of my limitations. And obviously we can't all play fast like that, right. you know, all the time. Right. But, um, you know, so whenever I do get a song like that, it's a little bit of drum editing <laughs> that I have to do. Yeah. And uh, um, but yeah, so the, the, the lack of stress, I think, is really uh big factor and, and, in, in, you know, knowing that we're going to put out good stuff, right? We have the time to go, you know, is this going to work? Do people like it? Um, you know, and, uh, I think we just kind of know what, what people are going to like. Right. 
Cool. One last thing here, Matt, before I let you go. I want to talk a little bit about about live stuff. So South by Southwest, Mm -hmm. of course, you're in Texas. South by Southwest is a gigantic, huge thing now. Fest in Florida is is a really big deal. There are tons and tons. Here in Pittsburgh, there's Four Chord now. There's lots of stuff around. Yeah, they're popping up. So a band like you, is your focus on doing those sort of bigger opportunities and joining a fest just because you guys are so disparate and you're getting together not super frequently or are you going to try to get together and and do a medium-ish tour yeah so i think we're going to try to do both um the the plan from the beginning that i always heard was trying to jump on some festivals Mm -hmm. and um that would work best i think with our schedules with our lives um, you know, Chris teaches music and I, I think, you know, he works from home. I work from home. I know Pedro works from home and I, I know, uh, Matt works. Um, so I, I don't know, it, it seems like it'd be pretty easy for us to get away for a little bit and play mm-hmm. some festivals and then just go back and, and work and then get away for like a little, like I said earlier, we were, <clears throat> we were talking about a little Texas tour, mm-hmm. you know, Dallas, right. San Antonio, Austin, Houston, um, you know, three or four shows, you know, and, and then they fly back home. Um, so, you know, I live pretty close to DFW airport, so it's, you know, it's pretty easy for them when they get cool, here yeah. just get to my house. I have a practice studio. I'm in the studio right now yeah. and uh, we practice and then we could just drive, you know, down to Houston and back and play a bunch of shows and I, and then they fly home. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be easy to do that, you know, um, when we got together recently, um, I think we realized that it's, it's easy for us to, to get together and, 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 uh, they're comfortable here and, and I have a nice practice space. And so we've got everything here for us, um, to be able to do those kinds of things, but flying out and playing a show might be a little more difficult because we won't get to practice beforehand. Really. (laughs) There's no getting together and practicing. It's like, I'll meet you at the show and, Cross your fingers that we'd maybe do like an acoustic rehearsal somewhere or something. But I mean, we're not expecting to get on any like giant shows or any like main stages. Nobody knows us, but, um, you know, but I, I I think, I think we're good enough to do something like that. I I was, I was surprised when we, when we practiced for the first time here that we actually clicked you know, it took, right. it took just a little bit and then we were like, okay, here we go, cool. <laughs> you know, playing live together. So I don't think it would be too big of a deal, but honestly, I think the best thing to do would do a little, like a little Texas tour, play some shows together. And then I feel like we'd be ready for, for bigger festival More stuff. Context, yeah. Right. On. That's just my, that's just my opinion. I don't know what Chris is cooking up. Well, we can, we can hope for it. Um, I want to thank everyone who's <laughs> listening and supporting the podcast. It is very much appreciated. I will drop all the links for fire sale. Definitely check out, uh, the two new songs of fool's Aaron, we dance for sorrow, um, and check out the video because it is truly fantastic. Thanks to Matt Morris for being on the show. I appreciate your time, man. Oh, thank you so much. I enjoyed it.